prepare your ears for some weird candy. Hey, what's going on, my fellow weirdos? Um, happy Tuesday to you. I hope the uh, butthole of the work week isn't kicking you too hard. Uh, before we get started today, I do want to bring up uh, just one thing. Um, I lost a very dear friend uh, last week, and it was uh, it was not easy. You know, um, he he made that ultimate decision, and I just want to let all of you guys know that you know you are loved. You know. Um, God, the world cares about you, you know, reach out on our Facebook, you know, weird candy at uh, weird candy at Facebook, you know, you can find us just reach out. Somebody's listening, you know, um, the world cares and the world needs your smiling face in it. Um, you know, there's always the uh, national suicide prevention lifeline. Their number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Five five, um, please, man. We, the world needs you. You are loved. So, uh, all right, I'm gonna get off my little uh, kick here. And uh, what do you guys say? Let's jump right in. Let's get weird. Today we're gonna stick around Europe, and we're gonna visit a small town called Asset in the United Kingdom. Asset is located in between Dewsbury to the west and Wakefield to the east. It has a population of around 21,000 people. So, you know, basically it's big enough for a Walmart, but maybe not big enough for a Target. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a little reference for those of us here in the colonies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Uh, anyway, it truly does seem like a, a picturesque town that's perfect for raising a family. Uh, Michael and Christina Taylor, they absolutely agreed. That is, until Michael started to exhibit signs that could only be described as symptoms of someone suffering from demonic possession. Michael Taylor lived in Osset with his wife, Christina, and their five boys aged between 6 and 12 years old, and their poodle, which, man, I could not find a name for their poodle. Um, uh, what's a good name for an English family's poodle? Uh, let's see. How about uh, Biscuit? Fuck yeah! <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but uh, I think I nailed that shit. Honest. Uh, you know, just toot my own horn here a little bit. You know, <laughs> uh, The Taylors lived a fairly modest life. Um, you know, that is to say, like, while, while they may not have lived, you know, in a mansion necessarily, they, they certainly had everything that a family needed to be considered middle class. Uh, that was in, until 1974 when Michael developed back problems that would ultimately cause him to bounce from job to job. After several months of this uh, hobo job hopping, he, f- he he fell into uh, at least according to close friends and family, you know, a deep depression. Which I get it, man. I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but if you ever like had a hard time finding a job, or you've been faced out, you know, t- you know, out of work because of an injury or something. Oh, it's it's depressing shit. It really is. I mean, I heard that. I heard that, brother. Amen. Uh, <laughs> anyway, as Michael fell deeper and deeper into these depressive episodes, he was pointed in the direction of a local Christian sect called the Christian Fellowship Group. Now, I actually heard that the, uh, quote, group, uh, somebody, one person, they described them as, quote, a kind of book club where there's only one book, and they highly frown upon anything less than a glowing review. <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh, man, when the Bible's your only book, you better fucking talk pretty highly of that shit. <laughs> oh, man, there's, there's this pretty awesome, like, video 
Uh, it's called, quote, Real Exorcism Goes Wrong. And it was uh, posted to YouTube by Tales from the Bottle. Definitely worth a watch or a listen. Either way, like, you know, this, this is a judgment-free zone. We don't judge here. So, yeah. Either way you like to enjoy, enjoy. I mean, you guys will get a kick out of it. The guy was great. I loved it. <laughs> uh, shortly after joining this super fucking awesome book club, uh, Michael became obsessed with the cult leader. I mean, pastor. <laughs> nice try, Satan. Uh-huh. I see what you're trying to do there. Uh-huh. Uh, Marie Robinson. <laughs> Marie was pretty young at the time, you know, only 21 years old, and she's leading her own, I mean, church sect, damn it. Uh-huh. The devil's in this one. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe that I'm going to, I might need an exorcism. Who knows? Yeah, be gone, Satan. Out of here, devil. Fucking fuck off. Whatever. <laughs> okay. I'm all better now. Moving on. Uh, after attending only one service, Michael became infatuated with Marie. After looking at some pictures, I, I mean... I guess. I mean, she was pretty and all, but like, you know, was she like subject of obsession pretty? Man, I got to say no. You know, like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I have a different standards. I don't know. Um, Our wholesome chap, Michael, went from rarely, if ever, attending a religious service to almost constantly visiting the, the Christian fellowship group. I mean, I get it. I do. Like, why else would God, God make this, like, pastor lady, like, so damn sexy if he didn't want me to come into the house of the Lord every fucking day and say and think very dirty, sinful thoughts about the uh, pastor? Uh, almost got me again. See? <laughs> oh, oh, I'll stop. Fine. I'm sorry, guys. I'll stop. Or will I? <laughs> uh, anyway, as he became a constant figure in the services, he began spending it, 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 what was described as an inappropriate amount of time with Marie. Uh, so much so that everyone around them started to think that maybe there was a little less power of Christ and a little more power of, um, oh, I don't know, shall we say, uh, good old God-fearing, over-the-clothes, dry-humping going on? Huh? Yeah? Nothing wrong with that, you know, right? No? Just me? All right, fine. Uh, obviously, Michael's wife, Christine, Christina, or uh, Christine, I'm sorry, I misspoke, I misspoke earlier. Uh, Christine noticed it, but friends, family, and the entire congregation, they also noticed. Like, they're, they're, this was pretty fucking obvious stuff from everything I read. Uh, Marie started having him help her use, quote, the power of God to exercise people of their sins while they were speaking in tongues. Uh, I've actually been to a church where they speak in tongues, and I gotta say, uh, one out of five stars would not fucking recommend. Ugh, it's a nightmare. Uh, anyway, she also started inviting Michael to engage in, quote, private rituals. Aha! I knew it. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're playing a little tickle pickle, pickle tickle. Come on. You guys knew what was coming, right? Come on. Really? Uh, uh, or not. You know, uh, it turns out that these uh, you know, rituals were the two of them staying up all night, making the sign of the cross at each other in order to ward off the evil power of the full moon. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%, not at all cultish. Just wanted you guys to know. Not, not even close to a cult. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, the more time that he spent with uh, you know, her royal highness, uh, the more irritable and argumentative he became towards his family, and eventually he started to spend almost all of his time with uh, his little female Jesus. After what seems to be you know, quite a lot of time of this, uh, Christine decided to confront the two once and for all and accuse him of having an affair. While Michael vehemently denied it, uh, Marie did admit that he had tried to kiss her once, but claims that she had stopped him and that the two spent hours in prayer afterwards. Yeah, bet they did. I bet they spent several sweaty hours in prayer. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, boy. Ah, it just sounds so fucking just ridiculous. Get out of here. 
Uh, shortly after the accusation from his wife, Michael began making claims that he felt an evil influence casting a shadow over his soul. Nice cover, bro. Fucking nailed it. Uh, next time my girlfriend accuses me of eating the last of the ice cream, I'm going to pull out the old, uh, the devil made me do it excuse. <laughs> Works 60% of the time, every time. <laughs> Uh, this this quote influence uh, evil influence got so bad that he ended up lashing out at Marie both verbally and physically so bad that several other members of the cult I mean church yeah, huh? oh boy I had to restrain him and force him out of the building Marie would later describe the encounter as follows quote I suddenly glanced at Mike and his whole features changed he looked almost bestial he kept looking at me and there was a really wild look in his eyes. I started screaming at him out of fear. I started speaking in tongues. Mike also screamed at me in tongues. Okay, so now, now see, I'm curious. Is there like a Rosetta Stone for speaking in tongues? Because, I don't know, like, I've always heard it like that it's like this personal language between like you and God that kind of seems like an excuse to just, you know, spit some gibberish, like lay down a fat rhyme in the middle of church, you know? I don't know. I mean, that's just my opinion. But they're, they're screaming tongues at each other, like were they understanding each other? A am I missing something? I don't know. Uh, anyway, back to Marie. Uh, quote, I was on the verge of death, and I seemed to come to my senses. I knew that the only only the name of Jesus would save me, and I just started saying over and over again, Jesus, Jesus. When Christine heard me calling on the name of Jesus, she started saying it too. And I believe firmly that it was only by calling on his name that I was not killed. <laughs> or maybe it was the other you know people in the room that restrained him that stopped that from happening. Uh uh, tomato, tomato, I guess, you know, I mean, whatever floats your boat, you know, uh, <laughs> Michael claimed to have no memory of the incident and was subsequently forgiven for the outburst and received uh, absolution from Marie for what had occurred. As time went on, it became apparent that his affliction was worsening and his sanity was slowly slipping away. Those around him decided that his soul was being overtaken by demons and he definitely was not mentally ill. I mean, I get it. Like, why contact a doctor when Jesus is the quicker fixer upper or something like that? Oh, boy. Uh, the local Viker decided that an exorcism should be performed, so he called in the big guns. We got Father Peter Vincent and Reverend Raymond Smith. Fuck yeah. Shit just got fucking real. Oh, man. You're going down, devil. Uh, Father Vincent and Reverend Smith decided that the exorcism would take place at midnight on October 5th, 1974 at St. Thames Church in the nearby town of Barnsley. As soon as the process began, Michael went into uncontrollable convulsions and fits of scratching and spitting at the holy men and biting, which, quote, required that he be forcefully tied to the floor. Hell yeah, bro. That's I mean, that's what I call a good time. I need to spend all my nights like that. <laughs> uh, the two spent the next eight hours doing everything from shoving crucifixes into his mouth to dousing him with holy water. Yikes. Ah, the whole crucifix in the mouth thing seems like a, eh, maybe, maybe a little much. Maybe just a tad bit over the line. I don't know. That's just my view. Uh, oh, man. The whole time all this is going on, Michael was growling and gnashing his teeth at anyone that got anywhere close to him. Uh, well, then again, maybe that's why they put the cross in his mouth. Ha, there you go. Oh, you want to bite? Bite this motherfucker. Bite Jesus. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Father Vincent claimed to have discovered more than 40 demons inhabiting Michael's soul. I mean, damn. That sounds like a Motel 6 at 2 in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Right? You know, 40 dude, come Nobody? Just me? Fuck. 
the priest said that they had discovered demons representing, uh, quote, incest, bestiality, blasphemy, lewdness, heresy, masochism, carnal knowledge, insanity, anger, and murder, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> along with many others. According to the badass demon ass kickers, it was a uh, brutal knockdown drag out brawl to evict those bastards from his body. Man, I can hear like the, the fucking WW fucking E fucking theme music playing and everything. They're like coming in, like slapping hands with the crowd. That would be super freaking dope. Man, I would watch that exorcism. That would be awesome. Uh, Father Vincent's daughter claimed that at some point throughout the night, a metal crucifix that hung at the top of their staircase began to melt. And that's kind of fucked up. Uh, metal, metal crucifix melting. Oh, I might have to chalk that one up for uh, that round went to the devil. No, I'm just saying. After roughly eight hours of this, they reportedly m- removed almost all of the evil beings, but they were too exhausted to continue. Uh, man, that must have been a shit ton of, you know, the, the power of Christ compels you, <laughs> you know, from the devil's tree. Oh, man. Well, if they had that guy, oh, shit. Man, that crosses wouldn't melt. They would just, like, miraculously flip themselves upside down. <laughs> Uh, they decided that they would get some rest before trying to remove the last three demons, which they claimed were insanity, anger, and murder. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe it's just me, but kind of seems like maybe those three should have been, uh, like, at the top of the list. Like, damn, he may kill some folks, but at least he won't fuck any sheep. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, it's so messed up. The priest told Michael and Christine to go home and get some rest and that they would finish the process the next day. Roughly an hour after the Taylors returned home, the Osset police started receiving reports of a naked man covered in red paint walking down the street. As the police approached the man, they noticed pretty quickly that he wasn't covered in red paint at all, but was in fact covered in blood. And he just kept repeating, quote, it's the blood of Satan. It's the blood of Satan. It's the blood of Satan. Just over and over. And man, whew, just a head up, uh, heads up, guys. Uh, this is about to get really fucked up and extremely graphic. So, I mean, if, if that shit isn't your cup of tea, I, I get it. But now is a good time to check out for a bit. I mean, oh, this shit is hard, man. Whew, oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, one of the first officers on the scene recognized Michael and radioed for someone to go to the Taylor residence and check on Christine. Upon getting no answer, the patrolman entered the home and immediately they ran back outside and started to vomit. He would later describe what he saw as, quote, a scene of appalling depravity. Uh, the walls were covered in blood and tiny bits of flesh and fur. Oh, man. Christine Taylor was lying dead on the floor. Her head had been severely bludgeoned and her face had been, quote, peeled off. Yeah, fucking peeled off. Damn. Whoa. Her eyes had been, quote, pulled from their sockets, and her tongue had been, quote, ripped out. I mean, man, dude, this shit is brutal. Uh, man, and it uh, just keeps getting better and better. Uh, lying next to Christine's body was the family's poodle. You guys remember Biscuit? Yeah, the cutesy, what's it, little poodle, little baby, God, I was a good boy, who's a good boy. Uh, prepare yourselves. Uh, Biscuit had had his limbs ripped from their sockets and thrown about the place. Oh, God, fuck, I told you, this shit was fucking brutal. Um, ugh. The police determined that all of this had been done, not with weapons, but with Michael's bare fucking hands. 
Now, now Michael was not like you know a, a big guy. Like he was around maybe five nine, weighing around 175 pounds, or you know around 1.75 meters tall and weighed around 79 kilograms. <laughs> you guys thought I wouldn't be able to figure out the conversion with only using my brain and maybe a little Google? Yeah, jokes on you, suckers. <laughs> Uh, anyway, after the investigation, the police decided that with the completely chaotic scene and the obviously insane manner that they found Michael in, there was little to no chance that he would have had the, like, the wherewithal to, to dispose of any weapons and then go back to the bodies to try to make it look like he had actually used his hands. So they were pretty fucking convinced that he literally did all this shit with his bare fucking hands. I mean, God, it's just unfucking real to me. Oh, it's fucking crazy to think that, that this average this average-sized guy would have the strength to do this shit. Like, when he was being interviewed by police, Michael claimed that he had reached out to the church for help, but instead, quote, they primed me for it. They were trying to bring me peace of mind, but instead, they filled me with the devil. <laughs> oh, that's so fucked up, man. Ultimately, uh, Taylor was found not guilty by reason of insanity. And he was sentenced to two years in Broadmoor Hospital and another two years in a secure ward in Bradford, England. Wow. This motherfucker peeled his wife's face off and he got four fucking years. What in the fuck, dude? In America, ooh, they probably would have just shot him or, I don't know, maybe they would have just smoked a cigar with him. Fucking America's fucking stupid. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, was Michael Taylor truly possessed by demons or maybe even the devil himself? Was he brainwashed by a cult, disguising himself as, as Christ-loving, you know, as a Christ-loving group, you know? Either way, this whole story just doesn't sit right with me. You know, if he and Marie were in fact having an affair and he decided, okay, I'm going to get the wife out of the way, you know, that most likely would have played out like, you know, you'd find on some made-for-TV movie. You know, on some, you know, I, I just, I don't know, like some cheesy ass, you know, late at night, like oh, I killed my wife for my mistress kind of shit. You know, it just, I don't know. It's just so weird. I just can't even imagine the fucking evil it would take to do this to someone you've had in your life for decades, much less the strength. I mean, get the fuck out of here. I mean, how much strength do you think it would take to mask her poor little biscuit? Oh, it's just, it's terrible. It is fucking terrible. You know, I may not be totally convinced that, you know, demonic possession is real, but I am pretty fucking sure that I'll be adding a cross among the pictures on my bedroom wall tonight. <laughs> Remember, an open mind leads to endless possibilities. Join us next time for another piece of weird candy. <laughs>